Hey everyone, welcome to the Alabaster Podcast. I'm Jillian Stone, and this show is about to give you a whole new perspective on our world. From biblical cosmology and ancient religions of old, to the subliminal symbolism today in pop culture created by the evil ones, we are going to embark on a rabbit trail that isn't for the faint of heart. So buckle up, grab your Bible and a cup of coffee, because it all starts now. So this podcast has already had some pretty hectic um, technical difficulties because I just don't think that Satan wants me to put this out here today. But this podcast is going to be very controversial to a lot of people, but um, I want to really embrace that controversy, controversy, sorry, that I might put out there with, you know, the fact that I do not intend this to be hateful at all to anybody. Um, The people that, or I guess the religion that I am calling out does not reflect the people who follow this religion because I genuinely believe that 99% of people who are Catholic do not understand what they are doing and that they, they don't understand that they are not um praying to the same god that they are not praying to you know the same jesus um that us protestant christians are um but i do want to kind of give a little bit of a preface of this i i spent this entire morning it's 208 now and i'm finally recording for the second time today I spent from around 9.30 to 1.45 working on this topic and trying to record before technical difficulties started. But this whole topic kind of came to me this morning after I had had a conversation with my husband about Catholicism, actually, and how he believes that Catholics pray to same God, same Jesus, and that they just really like Mary, um, basically. And me and my, you know, strong-willed attitude, I was like, no, they don't. They don't worship the same God. They don't worship or pray to the same Jesus. They don't even view Jesus in the same light as we do. And over the past few years, I felt a calling on my heart to really expose Catholicism because looking at it now um after the research that I've done this is probably the most corrupt and evil religion I have ever come face to face with um it's very sensitive because I know people very personally who are of the catholic faith um and by any chance that they listen to it um this isn't too call out anybody it's not to make people who are catholic out to be pagans purposefully it's not to you know hate on anybody or spread hate or spread fear etc this is simply to go over the facts of the matter because it's something that is people need to know And the truth isn't always pretty, but this is something that when this morning 
I was blow drying my hair. I was thinking about my day and what I was going to do and the topic that I wanted to kind of focus my time on today. And I really, the, it sounds so strange, but I felt a just a random thought pop into my head. And this thought was, you need to research the Hail Mary and the correlations that it has to ISIS worship. And I was like, the Hail Mary, like, why out of all, you know, <laughs> all things I could possibly talk about, like, what, what's the significance of the Hail Mary and all of that? And I want to get into the origins of all of it. But first off, um, we need to kind of preface the creation of Catholicism. And I think it's really interesting because Constantine was the one who really created Catholicism. It was not Jesus Christ who created Catholicism. And I believe that the Catholics view Jesus in a completely different light than us, even to go as far as to say that Jesus isn't actually who they believe really created the Catholic Church. I believe that it was Nimrod who created the Catholic Church. And we'll get into that in, like, right now. So <laughs> let's kick into this. Um, I wanted to cite a source that I found very helpful today. Um, this is the Ten Commandments.org, and the section of it is the origin of sun worship, Trinity, Babylon, and Sunday worship. And you scroll all the way down um, to where you get what I'm about to tell you right now, and it's all about Constantine. Um, and I kind of, I, I erased more of the theatrical aspects of this so that I could just get straight to the point. So if you guys want to read all of this, um, I'm going to link every, all, every single one of my sources in, um, the description so that you can see where I got all of it from. Cause I believe that, you know, with topics like this, you really do need to cite your sources for people to look into it themselves. Don't just take my word for it. Although this is pretty insane. I, I was pretty shaken after this um, because I think that in my previous, one of my previous episodes with Queen Awake, we talked about how basically ISIS worship um, is the root of every culture and how everything ties all together. We talked about Freemasonry with uh, David Carrico. And we, you know, really took a dive into Nimrod worship as well. This is pretty serious stuff. So um, let's dive into this source from the Ten Commandments.org. After Constantine defeated Maxentius in 312 AD in a battle for the throne of Rome, his ascension to the throne um, afterwards, Constantine issued this edict of toleration in 1313 or sorry in 313 AD to stop the persecution of the true believers in Christ under Constantine the Christian church for a time found relief from persecution Constantine set up the council of Nicaea and presided as Samus 
Pontifex, which is the official title of a pope. Constantine's job was to mix paganism with a perverted form of Christianity to make his new religious organization look respectable. Many changes took place in this Babylonian pagan church. Under Constantine, the pagans were permitted to bring their statues and idols of Semiramis, queen of heaven, and Nimrod, which was Baal, the sun god, into the church. The names were changed to the Virgin Mary, queen of heaven, and little Jesus, the sun god. I want to talk about like this image of Semiramis and, and little Jesus. The Catholic Church only portrays Jesus in two ways, and this is how you can tell that this is not really Jesus. Jesus is either portrayed as dead on a cross, hanging and, you know, embarrassing looking, like shamefully hanging on a cross. Like, why would you want to remember your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a dying man? I That is something that really disturbs me as a person. Um, because Jesus should not be viewed in that light, but I, I do believe that it was set up as, as a mockery of Jesus dying on the cross. Um, and that's now a pagan symbol uh, or a Catholic symbol, sorry, a Catholic symbol across all of Catholicism and all, you know, Catholic churches. So he's portrayed that way as dead Jesus. And he's also portrayed as a baby and that those are the only two ways that he's portrayed unless there's like pictures of him um which are few and far between there's not as many pictures of of actually jesus just you know sitting there but one of the really strange things about um this baby jesus is that it's always baby jesus with mary and there is never any pictures of uh jesus as as an adult with mary it's only baby Jesus with Mary. And so one of the biggest um, indicators that this is not Jesus and this is not Mary we are um, looking at here is when you look at pictures of Tammuz and Semiramis, literally the exact same picture. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Semiramis and Tammuz together, it's always a little baby and this mother, this divine feminine mother. So I think that that's always very interesting to point out when looking at these um, Catholic temples, pagan temples. So um, another note to to add on to that is baby Jesus is always pointing his hands out in a very specific way. Um, always has like the the two fingers out with, with the thumb pointed out in, in the Trinity is what they say. But it's really to stand for the trident or the staff of Nimrod. And that's, <laughs> it's a lot. And also, you don't just see baby Jesus or Tammuz in this position. You also see Baphomet, the satanic deity, in this position as well. Because you can see that Baphomet in, in the pictures has, you know, like the two hands out, like I told you and described to you before. And it's his arms are stretched out in an as above, so below kind of position. So that's another indicator that this is not baby Jesus we are looking at here. This is a pagan deity. This is something that is ancient, that is very evil, 
and that it is, you know, it's a mockery of Jesus. So this is also, this baby Jesus is also used by high church officials and priests and blessings to invoke the sign of the cross by motioning their hand with the two fingers and thumb casually extended. It is also found in Freemasonry, of which origins can be found in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church erroneously says that Peter was the first so-called pope of this papal system, but in fact it was really Constantine. So under Constantine as its first pope, the Roman Catholic institution as we know today had its beginning. So another thing to really talk about is is the act of invocation and a lot of people don't know what invoking means so I'm gonna give you guys a definition because when I found this out that they actually invoke like they use this term to invoke like they like on Catholic websites they will talk about how to invoke Jesus how to invoke um, Mary Queen of Heaven etc so the term invoke um, is literally described to us to cite or appeal to someone or something as an authority for an action or in support of an argument it's also used to call on a deity or spirit in prayer as a witness or for inspiration it's also used to call earnestly for so we um know that In order to invoke something, you have to view it as an authority figure, right? So, the Catholics love to claim that Mary isn't an authority figure, though. But on Catholic websites, if you look on, like, how to invoke Mother Mary, it will literally use the term invoke. So, they do they're lying to you they they do believe that mary is an authority figure so let's dive even deeper into the true origins of the hail mary and so i i want to preface this by saying that mary worship is found nowhere in the bible she's actually mentioned very briefly and I honestly think that that's pers- purposeful because we are not to worship Mary. We are not to view her as this divine feminine. Sure, we can, you know, respect her, you know, and we can look at her with, you know, just, res- I mean, we can respect her, of course. We can look at, look at her with respect. She was the mother of Jesus, but... We are never told in the Bible to remember her in any specific way. Same with Joseph, and Joseph is mentioned even less than Mary is. So let's let's recite the Hail Mary. Uh, I wanted to recite this for you, um, and before I do, I want to absolutely claim none of this um, in the name of Jesus. I do not claim Mary as my... <laughs> deity i do not claim her i do not want any of the power that she is supposed to in, um use with invoking i'm uh to bestow i guess with invoking i i don't claim any of this i don't believe in any of this and this is specifically for education purposes only so let's recite the hail mary and um i'll kind of unpack this hail mary full of grace The Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. So, upon this, um, led me down quite a rabbit hole because we can highlight the parts of it that says, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. I want, want you guys to remember that. So let's take a sidetrack a little bit, but I promise it all connects to the goddess of the Mesopotamia named Inanna. And I'm getting this from worldhistory.org. You can find the exact same thing that I'm going to show you. I'll link it all into the description so you can look into this for yourself. But Inanna was the Sumerian goddess of fertility, love, sensuality, procreation, and war, later identified with Ishtar. Her clergy were male, female, and transgender with the men and women frequently cross-dressing to embody Inanna's transformative powers. The androgyny of Inanna's clergy and adherence is referenced in the poem in line 121, where she is said to have the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. You guys, and you wonder where transgenderism comes from. I spoke about this um, with Queen Awake in our, you know, dissection of transgenderism, where it comes from. You guys should definitely listen to that episode if you haven't already. The central focus of the work, in fact, is Inanna's power of transformation, which can sometimes be seen as destructive or painful, but it is always for a higher purpose. So I want to read a poem for you guys that was by Enhad Uana, daughter of Sargon of Akkad, the high priestess of the city Assyria. Sargon, I want to tell you guys about Mr. Sargon of Akkad. Did you guys know that he is actually mentioned by name, guys, in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 20, verse 1? And I want to read that to you guys. In the year that Tartan came to Ashdod, when Sargon, the king of Assyria, sent him and fought against Ashdod and took it. So he's literally, you guys, named, <laughs> he's literally named by, like, mentioned by name. I thought that was absolutely in- incredible to come across that. You find so much truth in the Bible every single day, and this is one of those times for sure. Um, and I guess the uh, context of Isaiah 20 verse 1 is a prophecy against Egypt and which we know Kush is Nimrod, you guys. Okay, so (laughs) let's dive into even more here because there's so much more, okay? So this poem by Enheduanna, the high priestess priestess of the city Assyria. So this is insane. So I just read you guys the Hail Mary, and here is one part of her poem that talks about Inanna. They proclaim your magnificence. You are the lady, 
Anne and Anil have determined a great destiny for you throughout the entire universe. They have bestowed upon you ladyship in the Gua'ina. Being fitted for ladyship, you determine the destiny of noble ladies. Mistress, you are magnificent. You are great. Inanna, you are magnificent. You are great. My lady, your magnificence is resplendent. May your heart be restored for my sake. So this isn't the only invocation of a god, little g, god, that sounds similar to the Hail Mary. We have the fact that Inanna is referenced to women, um, that it is for women um, in the line, you are a lady and um, you determine the destiny of noble ladies. Let's go into the Greek goddess Diana. Let's let's read into the invocation of Diana. Hail to thee, Diana, goddess of witches, queen of heaven, protector of women, the virgin huntress. You have long protected my mothers in my heritage that has been passed down by blood. Now, let's go up into the Hail Mary again. We have, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. You guys. And you have the line in the invocation of Diana. You have been long protected my mother, or you have long protected my mother's and my heritage that has been passed down by blood. Now let's move on to the invocation of Isis, you guys. O mother Isis, great art thou in thy splendor, mighty is thy name, thy and thy love has no bounds. Thou art Isis, who art all that ever was, and that all there ever is to be, for no mortal man hath ever unveiled thee. In all thy grace thou hast brought forth the Son, the fruit that was born forth for the redemption of man, you guys. Let's go up into the Hail Mary again. The last last sentence. Or the second to last sentence of it. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The last sentence is, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. And so Isis's son was Osiris the Antichrist. Do you guys see a correlation of the Hail Mary and the invocations of these other pagan goddesses, little g? So let's go even further, you guys. There's so much more here. So I found out um, a few different things, actually. It's incredible. Um, Absolutely incredible. So a friend of mine, and we actually did a podcast together, too. um, JT follows JC. This is a shout out to your source because because of this one source that he gave me, I unlocked an even bigger revelation to why Catholicism is the most evil religion ever. 
like up there with Satanism. Like I think that, I mean, with Satanism, we know what they're doing because they do it in our face. But with these certain religions that claim to be the one in true religion, the religions that claim to be the the real one, the real thing, the best thing, and all of that jazz, they are really the wolves in sheep's clothing, you guys. It's so apparent. And um, I know for people who may be Catholic listening to this I know it's a lot to take in um I can't even imagine being in your shoes and listening to all of this uh but this is something that needs to be said it really needs to be said and I mean you could do with this information what you want I'm not forcing you to convert obviously you can you're a human being you can make your own decisions But this is something that everybody needs to hear at least one time because at least the seed is planted. Um, And if you allow the true Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who is also holy God and holy man, no one comes to the Father except for Jesus Christ, you guys. There is no one that you are to bow down to. God is a God of no idols and we shall not have any other gods or idols before him. He is the only one. He is the father. He is our great Adonai. And he gave his son, Jesus, Yeshua, to save us. And now, as Christians, we are on that same rescue mission to save the rest of us. And that is my heart behind this. Because I could get emotional on this topic. Because people just don't know what they are doing. And that is the most heartbreaking part. Because I feel like all of us in some way, shape, or form have been misinformed on topics, on just day-to-day life that we had to repent later on and this is one of the things that I'm trying to help others out of because the chains of this can be very heavy um, for somebody just finding this out and are like oh my gosh everything I ever knew was a lie but I can promise you guys if, if you're Catholic and you're listening to this and you are wanting to convert I promise you that there is good there is light there is a future in Jesus Christ who is God too he is the only one you should be praying to outside of God so with that let's get into this specific story so we're gonna be talking about the lady of lords and I'm getting this, some of it from Wikipedia and most of it from other sources after, you know, you read this story, you kind of know that this wasn't Mary that she was talking to. This was, in fact, something completely different that she was talking to. But the Lady, uh, Our Lady of Lords is a title of the Virgin Mary. Uh, she is venerated under this title by the Roman Catholic Church due to her apparitions that occurred in Lodours, France. The first apparition of 
February 11th, 1858, of which Bernadette Subiris, age 14, told her mother that a lady spoke to her in the cave of Mazabiel while she was gathering firewood with her sister and a friend. Similar apparitions of the lady were reported on 18 occasions that year until the climax revelation in which she introduced herself as I am the Immaculate Conception on 18 or on January 18th, 1862. The local bishop of Tarbes, Bertrand Severe Lawrence, endorsed the veneration of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Lourdes. So, on February 1st, 1876, Pope Pius XI, I think, yeah, 11th, officially granted a decree of canonical coronation to the image of, or the image as Notre Dame du Saint Rosary, which the coronation was performed by Cardinal Pierre Francisco or Francesco Magilla at the courtyard of what is now part of the Rosary Basilica or Balis, but oh, Rosary Basilica on July third, eighteen seventy six. So let's look up, up what a canonical coronation is. And a, can, a canonical coronation is a pious institutional act of the Pope duly expressed in a formal decree of a papal bull which in which the pope bestows the pontifical right to impose an ornament crown a diadem or an aureole to an image of christ mary or joseph so now we know what a canonical coronation is to place a crown on on mary you guys, to place a crown on Mary. Absolutely blasphemous. So, um, so basically, now the Basilica of Our Lady of the Rosary is a sanctuary garden of Our Lady of Lourdes in France. So... This is going to lead down a rabbit hole for you guys. So, um, the image of Our Lady of Lourdes is widely copied and reproduced in shrines and homes, often in garden landscapes. I want you to remember garden landscapes, and that's where she's put. Um, And Bernadette Sabiro, sorry, Bernadette Sobiros, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, you guys, I names are terrible for me, um, was canonized by Pope Pius XI in 1933. So, um, I want to scroll down here. I want to talk to you guys about a group that was created by women that was called the Children of Mary. And this is pretty crazy. So, on May 1st, 1835, Saint Catholic, sorry, Saint Catherine Labor told her spiritual director of a revelation she had received from the Blessed Virgin Mary during a series of apparitions she received in the 
convent of Rue du Bac, Paris from 1830. It is the Blessed Virgin's wish that you should found a confraternity of the children of Mary. She will give them many graces, and the month of May will be kept with great splendor, and Mary will bestow blessings upon them. So, I was wondering after reading this, what is the significance of the month of May? Okay, so led me down quite a rabbit hole, and I think the best sources for these kind of things, like to find the origin roots of worship of pagan gods, goddesses, little g, is to look at what people actually really believe. And so I went down a rabbit hole into a weekend page called Shirley twofeathers.com and it is basically it has all the major holidays pagan holidays all of that what every single month means and so let's find out what the month may may is basically a symbol for um Hawthorne, and it's the time of fertility, masculinity, sexual energy, and fire coming right on the heels of Beltane. This month is a time when male potency is high. Um, so basically, you are supposed to be able to conceive a child easier in the month of May when you invoke the Hawthorne month. And the Hawthorne is a, is a tree. It looks like the tree of life, actually really strange. (laughs) So moving down, um, I want to talk to you guys about this. Hawthorne has a strong association with fertility, passion, and love. When the ancient Greek goddess Hera touched the Hawthorne blossoms, she conceived twins. So this uh, immediately led me down another rabbit hole of who is Hera exactly? Who, Who is Hera? Basically, Hera is Isis. Hera is the goddess of fertility, war, um, sexual energy, um, all of that. So she is a pretty significant figure. She is the wife of Kronos and she, yeah, so that is, she's a goddess of love, fertility, all of that. Just like Isis is, just like um, Semiramis is, and all of these other goddesses. So, Hera is, um, one of those. So, I, I want to talk about this, too, um, that in most pagan religions, such as Wicca, the May Queen is called the Maiden. Um, we know that Mary is also referenced as the Maiden, more commonly known as the goddess of the spring, the flower bride, the queen of fairies, or the Lady of the Flowers, she is a symbol of stillness of nature around which the world revolves around, and she stands for purity, strength, fertility, and potential growth. As spring nears, the May Queen is said to bring the blossoming, blossoming and growth of a new life. So, the May May Queen is also like the May Pole, where you see like those uh, really creepy little girls dancing around this pole with like the ribbons. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Midsummer, but that is a really great depiction of that as well, um, where they're dressed totally doused in these flower dresses. Like 
it's pretty immaculate what you see. Um, so we can see that the Lady of Lords had convicted St. Catherine to create a fraternity for the Blessed Virgin Mary and that in the month of May they will basically be kept with great splendor and Mary will bestow an abundant amount of blessings upon them. So when you look at the story of Bernadette Sabiris, you are immediately met with the fact that this definitely was not Mary that they were talking to um, because... Who appear, I mean, I'm sorry, you guys, but it, it's the same thing with, with, deem, with, uh, like, spirits that you think are your grandparents. They're not actually people spirits. They're demonic manifestations that are pretending to be different things. We know that demons are disembodied spirits of the Nephilim or evil spirits in general, um, we know that fallen angels have also taken the form of angels. We, we know that. They can take the form of angels of light. Um, and they can promise you things with their spirit, with their, you know, um, physical manifestations. But we, we know that this is not the case, you guys. It's not Mary that you're talking to. It's not Mary that you're praying to. This is a pagan deity that we are facing here. Especially with the manifestations. They talk about how Mary appeared over 18 occasions in the year that Bernadette Sobiris saw her. This is not... This is not Mary. This is something, something different. And also... Um, to kind of bring it back to, I told you guys to remember garden landscapes that the Lady of Lords is kept in. Um, and I later mentioned that Hera is, uh, a, oh, I didn't mention this here. I'll type this in for you guys. Hera is the goddess of woman marriage and childbirth, um, Mary, <laughs> right? right? Is that insane or what? So, um, we know that Hera is the goddess of women, marriage, and childbirth, and she's also known as the May Queen, all of that. So, she is associated with flowers. Um, we know that she's associated with gardens. Um, uh, peacock feathers actually is Hera's um, like manifestation. So you immediately see uh, the correlation between um, Hera and Isis because Isis was a winged um, fallen angel, winged Nephilim, whatever she was. I've heard different theories that Semiramis was in fact, or sorry, I don't know if I said Isis or Semiramis, they're both the same person, <laughs> um, that they both were either Nephilim or fallen angels. But you also see 
Hera with a staff and sometimes you see it with um like a like a thorny staff and you see another one with a um like a flowery staff Hera has like a flower staff in one hand and a thorn in the other the duality symbolism you see so Hera is definitely a an earth goddess so the fact that um the Lady of Lords is kept in gardens as well is an indicator that this is this is not Mary that we are talking about here. We're, this is not Mary that we're dealing with. This is, in fact, a different deity. So, with that, um, there's so many things on on Mary that I just... It makes me so sad to see people so misled. And once again, I do not want to offend anybody. I know that, I mean, obviously the truth can be offensive, but my intention is not to to offend. It's to educate and to help people genuinely. And I'm telling you guys, like, Catholicism is not, or even Orthodox, guys, these are not the religions that you are wanting to follow. And these are just some of many. And I'll have my time of, you know, exposing, you know, whatever um, religions come my way. Um, whether it's Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Judaism, Mormonism, all the things. But I can promise you that there is no future in religion. I can absolutely promise you that. Um, but I think one of the last things that I wanted to, um, leave you guys with too is another kind of, uh, gosh, it's, it is a, but I wanted to leave you guys with one more thing. And I believe that this act completely demasculizes men. I believe that demasculizes Jesus. I believe that it is something that feminism, you know, creeps its way into very often. And I want to read to you guys what is called the Memorare Memorare Prayer. And Catholic Pope's conduct this um plenary indulgence that I um talked to you guys about earlier before uh which is the act of putting a crown on a woman or on Mary or a different you know deity whatever they have um that they're doing it but one of the reasons to do this um uh plenary indulgence is with the memorare prayer and I want want to read this to you guys Remember, O most gracious, sorry, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful 
sorrowful, O mother of the word incarnate. Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And I want to take it back to the Inanna poem that I read you at the beginning of this podcast. This is a different section of it. And it is from 240, line 243 to line 253. My advice, grief, bitterness. Alas, my lady, mercy, compassion, I am yours. This will always be so. May your heart be soothed towards me. May your understanding, compassion, may in front of you. May it be my offering. Your divinity is resplendent in the land. My body has experienced your great punishment. Lament, bitterness, sleeplessness, distress, separation, mercy, compassion, care, lenience, and homage are yours. And to cause flooding to open hard ground and turn darkness into light. So both of these remember our prayer in the Anana poem. They're reflecting on the fact that, you know, this deity that they are praying to can protect them from darkness. It's the same being, you guys. And it's so sad that people are so deceived um and this inanna poem you guys was written in 2300 bc by the way this was the time of isaiah that this poem was written so with that um i think that i you know got a lot off my plate today I just there's a lot here (laughs) and there's so much more to even unpack with this religion it is one of the most evil religions I'm telling you it really is and it breaks my heart to see people who are so deceived and for that it gives me a heart to help and to be there for people who need it. So with that, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. It's a lot of information thrown at your face. I'm sure it was a lot of information thrown at my face this morning when I looked into it. But like I said before, you guys, this isn't to hate on anyone. This isn't to call out anybody or condemn anybody. Every single person on this planet has been misled to something in their lives that, you know, they have seen as the narrative for as long as they could remember. So, everybody, everybody has made mistakes. Every single person on earth has made mistakes. Every single person has sinned. Every single person has lied and been lied to. So, with that, this comes from a heart of love. And I really just want to help people. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. And that's all that I will ever want to do. So with my platform, as long as the Lord allows me to have it, I'm, I'm going to continue to educate. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot coming. A lot more coming. A lot more where this came from. And uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody.